Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast from Taylor's Media. I'm Andy Davis. Here we are with episode six of this special series looking at how kitchen and bathroom retailers and the companies that supply them are dealing with the coronavirus. I am, of course, here in my loft. It's another beautiful sunny day here in Beckenham in South London. We had a Tesco delivery yesterday, so I'm fully restocked on tea bags and ginger nuts and could last out up here for weeks. It's a bumper episode today with three, yes, three guests. First up, we've got Damien Walters from the BIKBBI back on. He was here a couple of episodes ago, but yesterday the government announced a package of support for the self-employed and Damien's back to talk us through what that means for fitters and installers. Then we'll be hearing from Joel LaRosa of Joel LaRosa Designs up in Leicester. He's been working from home as a kitchen and bathroom designer for many years and he's got some good tips on how to run a design business without a showroom. And yesterday, if you heard yesterday's episode, we heard from Chris Hona at Swift Electrical. They're predominantly an appliance distributor. So today we're sticking with distribution, but this time for bathrooms, and we're talking to Matt Earl, who's the MD for Robert Lee. As always, let's hear from you. I want to know how you're doing, and in particular, I want to hear how you're planning to carry on marketing yourselves through this thing. How are you going to keep your name in the forefront of people's minds so that when the bounce back does come, you're not starting from scratch? So get in touch with me. You can find me on LinkedIn as Andrew Davis at Taylor's Media or email me Andrew Davis at taylorsmedia.com. That email address is in the episode description. And of course, here's your shameless plug for Taylor's Media. We're the home of KBB Review, kitchens, bedrooms and bathrooms and studio magazines and we are open for business. We're publishing all our issues as normal, and in fact, we've made the digital version of the latest issue of Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms free to download. Picture the scene. Mr and Mrs Smith are stuck at home, the whole family are all there together every day, and all the things that have been niggling them about their old kitchen or bathroom suddenly become completely unbearable. Mrs. Smith downloads her free copy of Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms, reads it cover to cover, realises what a fabulous kitchen or bathroom can look like and decides on the spot that they're going to get in touch with their local independent specialist to book an appointment. That is exactly what will happen. The digital version is identical to the print version, but you can read it on your desktop or tablet. To get your copy, simply search Taylist Media in the App Store and the KBB app will appear. I'll also put a link to the desktop version in the episode description. Okay, following up from his appearance on this podcast just a couple of days ago, we've got Damien Walters from the BIKBBI. Hello, Damien. Hi there, how are you doing? I'm all right. I just thought it was worth checking into you again, even though you were talking about this a couple of days ago, because yesterday the Chancellor announced some provisions for the self-employed. That very much affects all the fitters and installers we've got out there and your members. So I thought you'd be the best guy to just to kind of fill us in on what's actually been announced and how far you think it's gone. So over to you. Thank you. Yeah, cheers. Well, I think broadly speaking, good news from the Chancellor. I think we all welcome some support for the self-employed, recognising their importance in the the UK economy. So it was really good. Expected, not surprised that it took a a little longer before, Andy, the complexities of the self-employed and the way in which uh, taxes recoup from them has obviously added to the delay in trying to put this scheme together. But I'm pleased to say that they have, and it's gone down pretty well, albeit with many questions, as you'd imagine. So uh, the government have introduced the new self-employment income support scheme. There are some uh, provisions that are in place to support people through that process, but thankfully the, the trigger for people to make claims under it will be managed and handled by HMRC in direct contact with uh, with the self-employed. So first and foremost, the biggest question is, well, how do I apply for it? And the answer to that is stand by 
HMRC will be in contact with you. So, um, so that's the first and foremost. There are some criteria that do need to be met for this, and that's really quite important as well. As obviously, a lot of questions come off the back of that, but I'll run through some of that uh, eligibility stuff now. First and foremost, uh, applicants must earn more than half of total income from self-employment. They must have been the case for 2018-19 tax return or the average of the last three years tax returns from 16-17, 17-18 and 18-19. It's not quite understood if you've not got all of those, how that, that will be calculated, but that will no doubt come out over the next few days, few weeks. It is important. One of the biggest sort of things that we've had questions is around this £50,000 threshold. The average annual trading profit not turnover must be less than £50,000. Those with average annual trading profits exceeding those £50,000, unfortunately, will not be eligible for the, uh, the scheme. You must have a, a filed a tax return for the 2018-19 year. This means that you've been self-employed prior to the 6th of April 2019. Uh, and if you were due to file for that 2018-19 tax return but missed the deadline uh, this year, uh, the government have extended the uh, the opportunity for, the, for you to do so until the 26th of April. But that must happen, after which uh, you can potentially access the scheme. If you're a company director, and this was another one that came up from a question, uh, many questions that have been raised, if you're a company director and pay yourself a salary or dividends, you won't be covered by this scheme, but you could get support through the Coronavirus Job Retention Scheme for employees if you operate that pay-as-you-go scheme. What will it all be worth? So the grant essentially will be worth 80% of your profits, capped at £2,500 a month. That's in line with the employee benefits. That was great. And of course, that is based on the tax returns as previously stated. Um, how do you apply for the scheme? Again, HMRC will be in contact um, with you. There's no need for you to contact HMRC now. There's nothing you can do to apply at this stage. Um, if you do believe that you're eligible and don't hear anything when HMRC does start contacting people, you, you are then instructed to contact them and we'll provide some guidance on that via our website. What the Chancellor essentially said was that this is going to cover 95%. I think that's a, a little bit optimistic, 95% uh, of those self-employed in the UK. I, I do feel that that's optimistic based on some of the feedback that we're getting and some of the criteria that's been put in place. But if you're not eligible, there is other support services available for you. For example, if you earn more than that £50,000 a year, you can apply for things like business interruption loans, etc. Other things to consider to support you through the short term would be deferring income tax payments. So if you've squirreled away some, uh, some money for your tax payments, then that can be used as payment for that is deferred until January 2021. And of course, you have also got access to the universal credit in full as well. So that, that could, for somebody aged over the age of 25, mean a monthly allowance of 409 quid plus. So not a great amount. Nevertheless, it's something. So that's, that's really the, the sort of highlight. Some questions that have come up from, from our members, Andy. If they apply for the grant, do they have to stop working? Well, the answer to that is no. It's not a requirement. You can continue to work and earning if you're able to once you've applied and it won't have any impact on you uh, getting the grant or, or repayment of a grant as such. If you've only become self-employed in the last year uh, and haven't had a chance to file your tax return, can you apply? No. 
if you weren't able to file that tax return for self-employment earnings in 2018 stroke 19, then you will not be able to apply for this scheme. Another one we got was if the business was just getting started and made a loss, uh, which is often the case for new businesses, uh, unfortunately, you won't be able to get anything because it will calculate based on your profit. So if there are none, there, there will be no payment to be made. Um, however, do check the other support available, the interruption loans in particular and universal credit. The one last one that I've got on here was that if, uh, will the scheme be extended beyond the next three months? So critically, uh, it is possible. Uh, government has said that they will suggest that, albeit one of the biggest concerns that we are facing at the moment is when these, in, uh, when these um, payments will be made. So the plan is that March, April and May will be combined in a lump sum payment in June. Now, that's obviously going to be a problem for some and that's something that we're trying to address with government. But it's not because they're holding on to this money. It's a case of them creating systems to be able to get the money to the people who deserve it. I mean, it's just incredibly complicated, isn't it? I think that's the issue. You know, the infrastructure yeah. that you would need to put in place to make these kind of payments or even to work out exactly who qualifies for it and who doesn't. They're trying to make this up yeah. by, the, by the hour. And I know, yeah. how, I know how, how hard it's been to set my laptop up in my loft. <laughs> it's, you know what, Andy? It's, it's an almost impossible task. Um, it's an almost impossible task, but... They are throwing a hell of a lot of resource at this and really quite uh, reassuring that they are taking this very seriously for the self-employed as they are for the employed. So, uh, But, yeah, incredible. Uh, new systems built from scratch, new policies, new procedures. It's just mind-boggling the amount of work that will need to be carried out to, to, to mobilise this. There are going to be people left behind. Um, there are going to be people who don't have the cash in their pocket to see them through to uh, to June. Your, your advice with them is, you know, talk to your bank, talk to your mortgage company, talk to everybody, talk to as many people as you can, because this is about seeing people through what we all hope and we all assume will be a finite period. Correct, yeah. I mean, for, for me, this clearly isn't business as usual. This isn't life as usual. The amount of money that you would ordinarily need to survive will obviously change as a result of that. And, that, you know, it could be anything from petrol in the car that you're not spending through to sort of general living and eating out and all the usual stuff you do. We have got to go into some form of limp mode here as a, as, as a, as a country and as such, you know, really look at the way in which we can save money uh, and, and use money most wisely. But, the government that put the business interruption loan really does sound good, but I will warn you that the early signs feedback from that is not encouraging at all. So people getting access to that still requiring you know things like business plans to be put together to access it. Ridiculous interest rates, uh, 15, 16 percent we've seen uh, applied to standard business loan repayments beyond that first year that's covered by government. But these are all things that need to be considered in all of that. But some practical stuff like mortgage uh, holidays and that do speak to your mortgage providers to get some of this stuff chalked off really, really quickly because that will make a difference. All right. Well, look, Damien, this, is, this one's going to run and run and run. So thank you very much for giving us an update today uh, and we'll catch up with you again soon to see how it's going. Great. I mean, we're, we're publishing on a, almost a daily basis to our members. We're co copying that into social media and our website. So 
please do take a look at, at our, our channels because we are absolutely focused on ensuring that our people and, and the wider uh, community and industry uh, are aware of the stuff that's going on. And we're working tirelessly to make sure that that happens, Andy. Okay, well, look, we'll put all the links to that in the episode description. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. Thanks, mate. I'll speak to you soon. Stay safe, Andy. One of the most interesting parts of what's happening with everybody out there is they've all got to go home and work from home. And if you're a design company used to working in a showroom, that could be a little bit out of your comfort zone. So hopefully down the line now, we've got Joel LaRosa from Joel LaRosa Design up in Leicester. Hello, Joel. Are you there? Hello. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You have a huge amount of experience because you were an at-home, working-from-home designer up until just a few months ago, weren't you? So give, give us the Joel LaRosa story. Okay, came out of school, fell into the industry, fell in love with it. And then 12 years later, I started my own practice of Joel Rosa Design. And from there, started in a little box room in in our house, working from a borrowed laptop and just sort of embraced uh, the likes of Instagram, social media and so on to, to sort of get followers growing. And, and three years in, we've, we've, we've just sort of taken on a subcontracted member of staff uh, the studio opened on the 18th of January. And yeah, things are growing really well. To recap there, you have just opened a showroom, haven't you, in the last few months? Yeah, so for, for the business, it's a real nice growth period we were going through. We've taken on some new brands. And I know you spoke to Eamon from Uform, um, been working with their their companies and their products. And we've just grown and grown and put them in our studio. And, and the, the feedback was amazing that having the studio was great. And the idea of the studio wasn't so much for the footfall to come in and pop in and just have a look. It was more a case of a, a hub where we can do our presentations and show samples because for the last two and a half years, I've been bumbling around in my van with samples and turn up to people's houses with four handles under one arm and three workshop samples under the other. Um, so, yeah, having that space has been really good. Um, but being used to working from home for two and a half years, yeah, the business has felt growth and it, it's not so much of a step back it's more a step that we're all taking in a direction to keep our businesses going. You've, you've, opened, you've had a studio for three months, uh, and obviously you've closed the doors yeah. on that temporarily now, like everyone else has done. So you're back, if, if you like, you're back in your comfort zone of working from your bedroom or your, your home office here. Let's step through this, because there's lots of people out there who are, who are doing that for the first time, who have had to close their showroom and set themselves up at home. What's your principal advice for, for, for how to get on with the day-to-day? Just enjoy it and maintain. I think that's the, the, the key thing is just to remember that you're still working. You're still in that element. One of the joys of what we have is there's the like of EQ. You can do them remotely. The winner programs, they're all on cloud-based, so that's great. And we were just looking to take on the winner program because we were progressing and we were growing. And one of the joys of that is things like the VR that they do. You can send out Google Cardboard. Um, without seeing people send them a QR card and do it. But what I think one of the key things to remember when you're working from home is that you're still working. And I'm used to working on a laptop, whether I'm on a holiday, around friends or at home, you're still working when you're doing it. The only difference is that you're not there in your own beautiful studio. And how are you you know, having those conversations with the clients? What's the best method for doing that? The last two and a half years, we've always worked with phone and uh, messengers. So direct messaging through Instagram. For the last two years, I've been doing WhatsApp groups with all my clients. So the idea of that is when we're sort of looking at the design, if I've got an idea of something, I'll, I'll, I'll pop it across to them on WhatsApp. So, do you like this thing or what do you think to this color? And it keeps the communication up. And we've been doing that. And it, it feels that now more than ever, it's working really, really well for us. 
because you are reaching out, you're still communicating. And dramatic as it might sound, we've still got a part to play in all this in the sense that those people might be stuck at home from work or working from home who aren't in our industry and they need a bit of focus. So that little message every now and again just said, do you like this colour or do you like this thing? That's quite nice because then it keeps them the focus that they need to have um, to take the mind away from everything that's going on in the news. And I suppose in a weird kind of way, the absence of the showroom and means that you are having a much more constant conversation with them and therefore your relationship with them, whether it's by WhatsApp or by a phone call, is actually much deeper. Would that be right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I, I've got a client who he's got a yoga studio he's had to close and I, I, I said, look, talk, because like, we're all in this together. And we've had a good, couple of conversations, which is quite nice. There's uh, a young couple that I'm doing the bathroom for and, and we've been... We've had to close it down, but they're lucky enough to, to live with their parents. And I've just been in touch with them and saying, look, this situation, it, like we, we were going to do a kitchen for them uh, in the next few months, which is still happening. But we said, well, let's just embrace this time. Let's look at the design. So we did a video call the other day. And the way I'm doing my presentations is through Google Hangouts and Skype. So we're still having that connection. And we're able to talk to each other. The only difference is that we're doing it digitally. So with screen share on both of those platforms, I'm sharing the design program and saying, do you like that there? And they'll go, oh, can I see that with this color? And as you revolt, the only difference is you're not in the physical studio, which is really quite a nice way to look at it. And I've done remote working for companies all over the country and clients all over the country. So to me, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, I'm just, sort of doing more of it everyone should embrace it and enjoy it and when, when you're having conversations with clients we're all human and that's quite a nice thing to to hold on to that we can have that conversation of sort of saying how are you doing yeah yeah we're fine if you want enough toilet rolls what about a toilet roll holder in your bathroom and that it's making that small little jokes make us all feel a bit normal I think a lot of people will be finding themselves leapfrogging into the 20th century of technology here. What's your advice on getting to grips with software packages and things like that? Is it patience? Is it helplines? I say to everyone who's learning with a new program, like I mentioned earlier, I've got a member of, uh, of the team working for me subcontractively, and I said to her, what we'll do is when we get the, the winner program, is before we do training, we'll have two weeks and play. Just play with it and see how you get on, and you will make mistakes, but you'll learn from them so much better rather than sitting and watching a video on YouTube of how to do it and thinking you have to do it that way. Um, if you use Google Hangouts, all you need is a Google account and, and you're straight on it and, and just Google a friend or family because at this time, it's good to speak to each other and have that communication. And if you've got a, a moderately strong relationship with a client already, then you can say, oh, all right, let's see what it's like. And the pair of you in the same situation. So it's just a case of just sort of embrace it and don't get too frustrated because we're all doing it together for the first time, a lot of it. And we, we're used to the likes of FaceTime. The only difference is the platform's slightly different. The thing that a lot of people are worried about with basing themselves at home and having no showroom there is how do they tell people that they're there? How do they get new clients in? How do they promote themselves in a virtual way that gets new customers to come to them? I'm sure even you have seen a drop in demand and, and inquiries in this short, sharp shock period. But what's your advice mm. there for actually getting your name out? Well, one of the things uh, which has grown in our industry massively is social media. And there's still a lot of companies who aren't really embracing that as much. And just keeping on with the posts, you don't need to be paying for posts a lot of the time. One of the things that I'm doing is I've been meaning to do this for weeks and weeks and weeks. But you spend more time working in a business than on a business when you're doing everything. 
So one of the things that I've been doing is I wanted to do videos um, on my social media. You can see a couple of little videos of me just explaining the situation and one's our contact details. But over the next coming weeks, I'm going to be doing sort of information videos because those bits of information the clients get from us when we're there in the studios or our showrooms, we'll say this is a quartz material, it's 99% non-porous and so on. Those kind of bits of information, they get there and then, but how do they get it now? So what I'm doing is doing some videos. And one of the great things is like with the stones, the uh, resins and the laminate worktop is if you've got seven different materials, that's seven little snippet videos. And no one wants to sit there for 20 minutes watching a video about various different things. If you can shorten them down to 30 seconds to a minute, for instance, like laminate worktops, they are a price point product. They're, they're sort of entry level in the price, but one of the best on the market, most popular. We've all had one in our lives. It's made of, of a chipboard base and a laminated top. So just little bits of information like that, people will know that you, one, know what you're talking about, two, still here, uh, and three, they go, oh, well, maybe I did want that laminate work. That's what it's called. So those bits of information are really vital for clients. Yes, I suppose they're all channels to push expertise here, aren't they? A personal touch, you are talking to an individual, you are talking to an expert. This isn't a call centre, this isn't a, a faceless company. It's, this is, you know, your name is above the door, in, literally in your yeah. case. Uh, and you can talk directly to me and I'll, we'll, we'll talk about anything you like. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing I've, I've put out there that if you want to call and talk, I'm there. On FaceTime, I'm there. Even if you want to have a, a sort of walk around our studio, we had a company come over last week, and uh, I think a lot of showrooms and studios have this where they have the Google 3D walk around like Street View. So we had one of them. I've got to put a post out today to say, look, this is, if you want to look around the studio, here it is. So they can then be in the studio, but at home at the same time. And this is all brilliant stuff um, and really practical and, and very realistic that people could actually sit there and do today. What level of mm. demand are you seeing right now? The demand this time of year, it always feels a little bit slower naturally because people are booking holidays or going on holidays. So I've, I've seen a, a, a quicker slowdown, but I, I think that's just where everyone is in this position. And I think with a lot of us, we don't just sort of get a, a lead on a Monday. We design it on the Tuesday and sell it on the Wednesday. There's a longer term for that. So at the moment, I've got, I think, about seven designs outstanding. So there's still those clients that I'm keeping in touch with and working with to move forward. But any new clients, it's just a case of communicating with them through the socials, like we've always done. We've always gone for the social media as our sort of marketing. And more than ever, people are seeing this. And, and we can tell that by the, the analytics that are in the background and so on. But I won't go too deep into that because that's where social media experts come in feeling that you are doing something positive to go and drive business whereas you know as, as opposed to sitting waiting for the door of an empty showroom to open you feel that you are doing something yeah definitely it's embracing the time in the sense that things that we all want to do for instance we want to be showing people some of the stuff we do embrace that time and, and enjoy it let people know we're still here and we're still working well look joel that's absolutely brilliant stuff but the most important question i'm sure you know it's coming now right yeah is what is your deserted kitchen island discs what is the most positive feel-good song that you can think of am i allowed to no oh okay we've got well, to be strict um i would like to say van morrison moon dance um because and that was a song that me and my wife had our first ever dance for on the first night we met um van morrison is been played through my family for years it makes me feel good inside and out and whether it's a sunny day or a rainy day you can feel good about it whatever that is a brilliant um, choice Thank you. That is a bit, it's, still um, right, it's still not the right answer. 
No one's well, gonna... I think I know what the right. I think I know what the right answer is, though. That's the go on then. Part. Um, I think it's Jonah Louis. Nope. No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, so close. I know what the right answer to that question is. I know what the most positive <laughs> feel good song in the world is, and no one's got it yet. But Moon Dance is a very, very, very good choice. Thank I really you. wanted my Taylor Media keyring as a prize. <laughs> <laughs> so look thank you very much for your time sir i really do appreciate it and there's some fantastic practical advice in there so thanks for all your help no as you stay safe thanks again thanks mate okay let's talk a little bit now about uh distribution and bathroom distribution in particular and down the line now we've got matt earl who's the md of robert lee hello matt good morning andrew how are we i'm all right sir i'm all right give us the sort of 30 second uh version of robert lee who are robert lee and what do they do Robert Lee are a national distributor, distributing a lot of the major brands as well as some of our own brand products, or as we like to call it, sort of exclusively available from us, the Synergy and Harley brands. We supply the multiples down to your local plumbers merchants and, and a whole raft of different customers in between. Obviously, you're the guys, when people talk about supply chain, you are obviously the biggest part of that supply chain. You're the guys on the road with the trucks delivering stuff. So give us an idea then as we speak today about what the current status of your operation is. Okay, we made a call on Monday to completely shut our business. Um, We didn't like the idea, as many of our uh, colleagues in the sector have done, of putting our staff or the wider community at any risk. So we made that decision that we would shut until further notice, until Boris said that we would uh, be able to open again. We do, however, and have set up a an emergency email line for um, products that required by the NHS and key worker services, such as prisons uh, and such like. So we are still able to make emergency deliveries, uh, and we have literally one or two people following the government stay two metres apart guidelines in each of our warehouses. And I think the facility was used about four times yesterday, delivering uh, taps and showers to uh, NHS contract staff. Which is fantastic. Uh, and, that, and that's it. And Everybody that, else at the moment is uh, has been uh, is working from home. And that is the definition of essential services, so well done you. What kind of effect is, I mean, I know it's this is a really silly question really, but what kind of effect has all this had on your business so far, do you think? Has it literally just stopped? No orders coming yeah, in apart from that? We, uh, we have orders coming in. We do have all of our call centre staff working remotely from home. We went out and bought uh, Waltham Abbey's supply of uh, laptops uh, and managed to get everybody remote, remotely working. So if people call or phone in or email in, there are staff still on hand to take the orders, and we are taking the orders, but we're effectively parking them with a future date of we'll deliver it when we're allowed to. When I'm talking to retailers, particularly at the moment, one of their biggest concerns is trying to finish off jobs that are open-ended in people's homes. And yeah. what, what a lot of them are saying to me is, look, we, we're not trying to finish the aesthetics here. We're just trying to get people a functioning WC or a functioning shower so they, so they can just carry on living in their homes. What kind of uh, help can you give or have you been giving for that? Well, again, I think that would probably come under a conversation with the essential workers. If we've got an 80-year-old uh, vulnerable person at home whose boiler's broken down or a toilet's packed up and needs a new system fitting, that would, I think, morally qualify for an emergency uh, delivery. And that's something that we can do. We are still up and running and making half a dozen deliveries a day to make sure that people who are vulnerable uh, and the key workers 
get the materials they need to a finish the jobs and keep keep services running. And that's fantastic. And and you know your warehouses are so big that it's quite easy to keep. It's quite easy for three or four guys to keep two meters apart in those places. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's no problem. And they've got all the PPE that they need as well. We've been very lucky to manage to get hold of it. So, look, let's talk distribution in general here, because you, obviously you're the lifeblood of, of, of the delivery network of this industry. What do you think the sort of medium-term effect of this market is going to be? Because particularly bathroom distribution was under quite a lot of turmoil anyway. So what, what kind of medium-term effect do you think this will have? I mean, that, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it, Andrew? I think if we knew the answer to that, we'd all share it and be a bit more comfortable as to what the future might look like. As it stands at the moment, customers, suppliers, lenders like banks are all asking questions, quite rightly, that nobody knows the answers to. The important thing for our industry is we're going to have to support our retailers and and some of our suppliers, as we're a relatively big player in the market, uh, to make sure that there is some semblance of normality when we return to work. There are too many questions and unknowns at the moment. There are lots of incentives that the government are suggesting will be available. A lot of it tends to be just headlines at the moment, and the detail is to follow. So there is support out there from the government and the HMRC, but I think it's important the likes of Robert Lee are seen to be sympathetic to the lifeblood of our industries, which is the the small independent retailers. Well, that is the next question, really, isn't it? I think... As I've said a few times, I think we're in the short, sharp shock period at the moment when people are just trying to carry on or to get themselves set up at home or whatever it is. But I think the next stage is those difficult conversations that guys like you are going to have to have with your customers about extending credit, uh, about what terms you offer. I mean, I know there's no right answer to this right now, but is that Mm. something that clearly you're having lots of conversations about when you're talking to your team? Yeah, oh, absolutely. It was a topic of conversation at our nine o'clock uh, dial in this morning for all the management team. Is the reality of what's going to happen in the next few few months is it may be the case that some of our smaller retailers have shut the doors for the last time because this has just killed off their business, and and there's nothing anybody can do for that. So the bad debt provision in companies like us is being reviewed. However, there are cases where. We need to be sympathetic to those customers and understand how we can help each other. It's not necessarily just about extending the credit. There are other ways of of looking at these things. And we are trying to find ways of helping the smaller retailer keep their business running. But also we have a duty of care to our own business. I mean, it's no good us helping everybody, extending everybody's credit to the detriment of Robert Lee. And then we go out of business. So there needs to be an understanding of the impact this is having on us as a business as well. We have uh, commitments to our creditors that need to be fulfilled. And I'm sure there are agreeable solutions out there. Uh, and we'll talk to individual companies on a case-by-case basis to see how we can help. The only comparable thing is the crash of 2008. That's the only thing that it feels very similar. But of course, a lot of the problems that everyone had at that point was that times were good, people were making lots of money, and there, were, there was lots of extended credit going on uh, and you could argue that it was credit, the credit crunch, as it was initially called, was what was what made yeah. everything fall over in the first place. So I'm sure mm. there's an awful lot of people out there with one eye on that who lived through that period thinking, <clears throat> listen, we, we need to help people, we need to extend people's credit, but we don't want to get to a point where we're just going to send ourselves into another crisis immediately afterwards. Oh, I agree with you entirely. I mean, it is very different in that uh, the credit crunch of 2008, uh, 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 you know, was largely caused by the banks. These 
this crisis is worldwide and is affecting absolutely everybody in every industry. Uh, and there's nothing any one individual can do about it. It, it, it's, it's a collective responsibility to make sure that we all stay at home and let the NHS and the government do what they need to do to, to quell the uh, the advance of the COVID-19. So is your advice then to you know, your retail customers that might be listening to this, is it, look, talk to us, don't wait, let's talk about it now, not further on down the line when it might be too late to sort it out. If you can feel, if you can feel problems coming, the earlier you talk to us about them, the better. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing worse than a customer just going silent on us because we can't help them. If they come out and talk to us about problems that they think they might have in a few weeks' time. As we know, we're, we're coming to the end of the month. A lot of accounts are going to be due for payment. Now is the time to get in contact with your suppliers uh, and talk to them about how not only Robert Lee, but all of your suppliers, whether it's utilities, products, or, or rental rates, you, you need to talk to the suppliers of these uh, uh, services so that we can help you. And that, and that has to happen, because if you don't, it, it, it's impossible to help. You're practicing what you preach there when you're having conversations with your suppliers. We already started talking to all of our major suppliers and saying, look, guys, the situation is this. You you know what's going on. What can you do to support us as a business? Uh, I mean, our, our creditors uh, are in the multiples of millions every month, as, as, as you can well imagine. It makes a big difference if we can get their support as well. This is about everybody coming together, not only to support each other as individuals, but to support our industry. Bathrooms are, in most cases, a luxury item. Obviously, there is a necessity to have one, but most people change bathrooms because they don't like the the previous uh, owner's furnishings or they want to update it. It's not necessary to change a bathroom. So it's important that we're there to help everybody keep this industry going forward. Are you in the positive camp, Matt, where you're thinking, look, there is going to be a pent-up demand when this is all over. We can just get through the other side of it, uh, and it, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel all the time, that there will be a uh, pent-up demand there that's just going to be waiting to sort their kitchen or bathroom out? Uh, I think we need to be realistic. Yes, I am optimistic, and I like to always think that the glass is half full, but realistically... There is going to be a downturn in the economy when we come out of this that could last um, maybe 12 to 18 months, some people are saying. But you're absolutely right. Business still continues. In in what shape or form it's going to look like in six months, uh, nobody knows. But it will continue. Uh, And Robert Lee will be there to help service the demand and grow the industry back up to what we know it all can be. Absolutely. Here's the question that everyone's waiting for. Matt, all right. This is the most important question that anyone wants to know. Uh, For a feature, I'm calling Deserted Kitchen Island Discs. Okay? Right. I want to know what your most positive, feel-good song is. Well, I have to say, I was listening to the radio yesterday, and they were talking about, and I'm going to get it wrong because I'm not a music person, that YMCA has just been inducted into some sort of songs hall of fame. And I have to say, that's the song that does tend to get everybody up and dancing, regardless of whether you've got two left feet. So for me, the uh, Village People YMCA would have to be up there. That's a very it's good a terrible choice. song, but you've asked, you've asked the right question to the wrong person. Andy, uh, <laughs> well, on. well, that's a very good answer. And there'll be a lot of, I'm going to put that on the playlist, right? So thank you very much. And look, thank you so much good for plan. your time today, Matt. I can only imagine how busy you must be. So thanks very much That's for sparing us a few pleasure. minutes. And, uh, and I'll send you out all my best wishes to all uh, everybody in our industry. And stay strong, guys. Stay at home. 
uh, and we look forward to helping you get through this difficult time and uh, speaking to you soon. And that's a great message. Thank you, sir. Cheers, Andy. Take care. A very big thank you to Damien Walters, Joel LaRosa and Matt Earl. I'll put all their contact details in the episode description as usual. Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please rate and review us as it helps others find us. I'll see you on Monday. Thank you.